she sat down and then slid her hand across the table towards me with her knickers <gasps> balled up. No, she fucking didn't. I found myself in this ball Making mistakes and making new friends Has grown up and nothing made sense Wasn't all night like neon in the dawn I found myself in this ball Well, fuck me dead. Three attempts. Three attempts or four attempts? Uh, one, two, three. Well, it's probably more than that, but actually recording it. Hey, here we three, are. We are now recording the episode. We've we've managed to um, get some new equipment. Ben's got a uh, professional mixer, and we've gone to use it today. But as we all know, given our age, the more technology you have, the more problems you have. Yeah, you'd like to think they're still young, hip, and cool, but... That took way longer than expected. That was too long. That was a whole podcast episode just trying to get to the podcast episode. episode. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Damn Good Friends with me, Rick. Me, Ben. And this week, Damn Good Friends is brought to you by Goose Island IPA. Yeah. We did think it was less a percentage than what it is. Ben's bought it as a light beer. Turns out it's a heavy beer. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, welcome back, Ben, from Death's Door. Yeah. COVID 2.0. Survived it. Second time around. Only lasted three days this time. Well, that's because you've been going to the gym with me. I could probably agree with that. 100%. Bit of fitness, better eating. Deadlifts are a hundred percent effective against COVID. Yeah. Did you know that? Possibly. Health scares though. I had a health scare this week. Yeah. Hooked up to an ECG yesterday, making sure the old ticker's all right. Yeah. Turns out I'm just stressed. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just life. Just life indeed. But I'm all well and good as it stands. I'm not going anywhere just yet. So we're both fit and well now and we apologize that the podcast is a little bit late coming out but obviously with Ben being laid up in bed we had to make sure his health was top priority and not uh risking his health or anybody else's yeah try and follow some form of whatever guidelines are left that Boris put in place bigger uh, Joris Bonson Jor- Joris Bonson I had to for the, the feature on the uh <laughs> that video threw me I had no idea like only when you started talking, I realised it was you. And for reference, we're talking about the video which Ben put on our Instagram the other day. He had a filter on and sounded just like Boris Johnson. <laughs> right, let's get into this. Yeah, it's been too long. I feel like it's been it's been well over a week now since we recorded, right? Yeah, it's been too long. So straight off, as always, would you rather? Would you rather? You can go first. Actually, I'm going to go first. You can, yeah, let's, okay. let's mix it up. So my would you rather this week is courtesy of a listener. And his, well, I've already read it, so I, I have my views, but his would you rather is, would you rather fart every time you orgasm or orgasm every time you fart? Oh my God. <laughs> there is no right answer to this. Is there context to this? Like, <laughs> if I choose to fart every time I orgasm, is it like an obvious fart? Or can I yeah. be like... <laughs> no, 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 it's like an obvious, like a proper, oh. like... Hear it in the room. So far, every time you orgasm, or, or, <laughs> orgasm every, every time, time you, you fart. There's no, there's no real way to go around that. No. I, I, I think though, I'd probably fart on the orgasm. That's that's what I went with because all guys enjoy a fart, and mm-hmm. it's only just going to make the orgasm better. The woman's going to hate it, but it is what it is. Yeah, but <laughs> or man, it depends if you that way. You flip it on its head. All guys enjoy a fart, and we do crack farts off often. So you would have orgasms like. <laughs> 
20% of the day. 20% of the day. Just Which would be a great day. Jizz in your pants. It'd be a great day. Just sticky pants all day. But it's probably not ideal. So yeah. I'm going to go with uh, with A. I'm going to fart every time I orgasm. Yeah, I think I'll agree. But um, let us know your, your thoughts. We'll put it up on the story later, as always. Then you can uh, let us know what you would rather. Would you rather yeah. shit out a rugby ball once a month? Right. <laughs> Or piss Tabasco sauce every time you urinate. Can I feel the repercussions of the Tabasco sauce? Or yeah, do yeah, I just, it burns. just piss Tabasco? Oh, okay, no, it so burns. it burns. Imagine, imagine pissing Tabasco sauce, right? <laughs> yeah. That feeling every time you piss, or crap out of rugby ball once a month. Like if, I'm talking like a fully inflated rugby ball as well, not like one of these half-assed burst bagpipe ones that you find in the park. I think I'd go with a rugby ball. Would you really? Yeah. I, I don't think camera. I don't think I could. Act. Do you know how many pisses I have a day? Especially if you imagine when you go out for a drink, as soon as you break the seal, like you're three, th- two, three, four, whatever pints in, break the seal, you can have at least 10 pisses that night. But that's my, game over. My theory on it is the more you do something, the more you become conditioned to it. So eventually, you would just live with pissing Tabasco. But there is no amount of conditioning you can do which is going to help you. Be in less pain when shitting out a rugby ball. <laughs> from giving birth once a month. This is not going to happen, right? No. So I think I would take my chances and I would rather urinate Tabasco sauce, sauce just to become conditioned to it and just hope that my PP is okay at the end of it. It'd be blistered. You'd be the, the male version of Beyonce when she says, like, I keep, what's that, what lyric in that song? I've got hot sauce in my bag. I've never Swag. heard that lyric before. You know, it's never in my I can't life. think what song it is. Um, I'm actually going to throw a new one in today as well. And I'm going to call it true or false. Oh. So, true or false, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Real or fake? It's probably a, a better way to phrase it. Um, real or fake? I don't know. I, I think, personally, I think it's... I know there's beef between the two of them, but I personally, I think it's fake. There's like If you think back to all old, older Oscars, there's always some pivotal moment that's like a memorable thing that makes people think about it it's like the time when selfies become a thing and ellen degeneres took a selfie and it had like a hundred celebrities in it and they were like a-list celebrities and it was like the most famous selfie ever taken and then um i think like once someone felt was it like lady gaga or someone fell down the stairs and that was like i think like, it was madonna yeah someone like that fell down the stairs it's, there's always something that happens i'm trying to think what it was um ricky gervais was no, the no. presenter last year no, and he golden globes was it? Oh, it got, nah, it was the Oscars. He pissed everyone off though, right? Yeah, called, yeah. Basically, he called the whole Hollywood people. Oh, off. yeah. He just, he went... Yeah, there's like, always something that sparks controversy. Yeah, right? yeah, there's exactly. Always, but it's so just, like, it's, it's an outdated award ceremony that's, apart from people that are in that sort of circle, like for us, it's not that entertaining to watch. So they try and keep themselves relevant by something drastic yeah. happening. Yeah, totally agree. So I just, I, I don't know, like I've, I've watched the clip a few times and... I get he's pissed and I get like all the hype that's around it, but I just can't help think it's. I also have like super skeptical hippo eyes about this sort of thing. Like Will Smith is one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah. And there's no way in God's green earth, he's going to conduct himself walking around smacking another human being on camera in front of the, the, the world's audience. That's the thing. Cause like you imagine like when they walk down the street, like you see some clips of like stuff with like, Justin Bieber, for example, who's yeah. the biggest, youngest hothead ever of like, he gets proper rolled up with paps and he'll shout at him, but you never see him hit a pap. Do you remember that video of him, like he was threatening to like 
annihilate someone, just melt them into the floor. Yeah, yeah. His security were like dragging him into the car, like squeezing him into the car. Yeah, so I think like being that famous as Will Smith, he must get abuse daily from general public. So if you can handle that, a, a comedian making a crack about your wife on live television, you just, you wouldn't even get up. I understand if he'd slept like it was on the news and it's like um, backstage after the awards. He called him Will out. Smith slapped him and someone caught the video on their phone. I'd believe it 100%. But yeah. getting up live on the stage and it's just the way he like puts his hand down and he leans his body back before like, if you're going to slap a guy, if I walked up to a guy to piss me off and slap him, I ain't going to lean my, I'm, I'm, my leaning I'm not leaning my body back before I hit him because he'll know it's coming. I'd just swing my arm and hit him. Also, if someone spoke ill of my wife to the point where I got so angry I wanted to hit them I'm not open hand slapping them no punch them yeah I'm punching their head off yeah they're catching the hands I'm not you know but I, I think it's totally false I, I like I say I have super skeptical hippo eyes in the sense that I think it's all smoke and mirrors I think I I go into I like a um, I think it's either the, the Oscar thing or I think there's a movie coming out with Will Smith and Chris Rock and it would be the most epic marketing thing ever I, but I get like a conspiracy theory head on in the sense that I think what's, that what's happened on stage there is the biggest talking point for the last couple of weeks and the whole world's talking about it. But yeah. what else has happened in the background? It's like a, it's like a, um, ah, uh, what's the word? Uh, diversion. It's like a diversion away from something else. Yeah. I also had a thought about the, um, the new matrix is out at the cinema. I don't think it's out now or it's just about to come out. Um, and Jada's in it and it's got horrendous reviews fun fact I've seen it and it's awful I've never seen The Matrix I'm such a film virgin did we, did we discuss this last yeah, time yeah so like when the first Matrix came out it was like a, a pivotal thing because it was around the time that like CGI wasn't really a massive thing and they were the first people to use it slowing down bullets like so it was like it was revolutionary it was the biggest thing ever so it was the coolest movie and if you took that out of the movie storyline pretty shit mm. And obviously they've made the new one. Everyone is expecting it to be great. I've seen it. I think it's crap. They've not bothered moving. There's, you'd expect something spectacular in terms of like the CGI, be taking it to a next level, and they've just not. It's it's pretty shit. It's just it's a film for the sake of being a film. And this is another thing, right? Like CGI is so easily accessible, and it is it can be seamless yeah. to, to lifestyle, yeah, which yeah. makes me think again. There's no, like, it's not. It doesn't take a lot for somebody to put CGI of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage. No, nah, well, do is stand in front of him and move. I get that, but it was live on telly. Mm. I didn't watch it live, but apparently it was live on telly. Yeah, I didn't see it. I'm not really interested in it to be honest. I don't nah. want to get your opinion on it on a what what the world class is a relevant point. Yeah, right. let us know what, you, what your thoughts are on it. Real or fake? Real or fake. Uh, so this week's episode, we are, we're leaving the, the marriage, divorce stuff there now. I think we said all we needed to say on that now. Yeah, it was just more of a case of like, for like we said at the end last week, it was just for them to understand us, why yeah. we sort of decided to do the podcast and why we feel like we have a view on relationships. And this week we're going to move into a, a different lane. And we're going to look at sort of the pressures around men, but more more specifically men current day dating. Yeah, nowadays, yeah. And the, the, the one thing that I want to kick off with, and I need to make this categorically crystal clear, right? I am not for one minute saying there are not bad men in the world. Oh, no, they're in the same are. In the same breath, there are bad women in the world, mm. right? And I'm not condoning 
for a split second any action which is which has happened past and present because it will happen again yeah however there is an advert floating around tv at the moment um about exploiting or calling out your friends if you think they're committing some sort of um harassment towards women yeah and what got my back up about this right is it's all men painted out to be the bad ones yeah and I get, right, um, 75% of these cases that we hear or see on the news, the man is categorically in the wrong, right? Mm. That's not to say men aren't sufferers of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, domestic abuse. No. You know? And, I, and what, the, what they, they forget to mention, and it might be a controversial thing to say, but this is my personal view, with regards to dating, women hold all... In, in a heterosexual relationship, it's like man versus girl. Yeah. Women hold all power in terms of how quick anything happens, if it happens. Mm-hmm. So it for me, like you were saying, it, it does get my back up in the sense of like they aim adverts or they aim comments or they aim quotes or quite a lot of things to do with Me Too movement is, is solely aimed at men. Yeah. But I think... Like when you look at it from a from a realistic standpoint, harassment or abuse of any nature doesn't know gender. You know, if it's abuse or harassment, it's abuse mm. or harassment. It, it just so happens that men, ninety five or seventy five percent of the time, are the ones in the wrong. Mm. But again, that I think spins back on its head to the fact that women hold all power when it comes yeah. to that sort of thing. Yeah, and I think it's like they're clever in the way that they word the adverts because obviously, like. I will agree. Like in terms of these acts of violence, men are the more physical creatures. So if it is a guy that's that way inclined and he isn't a horrible person and it's going to go down that route, it's obviously going to be, he's going to be the offender. It's it's not that often that you are going to have a woman in terms of physical power over a guy because you just, you don't. Yeah. I'm not saying like domestic violence doesn't, exist in terms of like a woman hitting a guy it does happen but i'm just saying in from terms like an of evolutionary standpoint yeah like from a standpoint like the, are stereotypically stronger, stronger and more physical than yeah exactly yeah. but then like you flip it on like if you look at it in different uh ratios so like things like catfishing catfishing is a hundred percent more prominent from a woman's side than a guy's side men don't like there are odd guys but it's rare that men will catfish though right? it's rare that men will catfish like, but, you, you, but women I, will you have a really good understanding of this because I've I've never ever had a dating app in my life. No, I've always been in a relationship, so I've never had the need to be on a dating app. So I've not first-hand experienced or witnessed what happens. So I've never I've never been catfished. No, before, and I'd still could classify myself as relatively new, but I think obviously because we said previously like we're both old-fashioned guys, and I've have grown up in the era of pre-apps, now going into apps, and obviously I didn't have apps leading up to when I met my ex-partner. Then I had an eight-year gap, seven-and-a-half-year gap of not dating and then coming back into it. And now I'm like four years into a world of you only date through online apps. And we now live in an era where, like you say, everything is through apps. And I'm pretty sure we touched on it a couple of podcasts ago. But if you were to approach somebody in the style that we would, if we if we were on the market and dating, yeah, we would naturally, if we were out of our friends and saw a girl we liked, we'd gravitate towards them. Hey, how you doing? I buy a drink yeah, yeah exactly but the these types of adverts that are on tv at the moment mm. make every single male a threat to women yeah 
Because if I was to, hypothetically speaking, approach a woman in a bar now and say, hey, how are you doing? I can buy you a drink. She's thinking, he's going to put something in it and he's going to rape me. Yeah. But all I'm doing is what's ingrained in me as the, the person I grew up, have yeah, a conversation yeah. with a fucking human. Yeah. But again, we're on the back foot because we're all painted out to be to be predators or a threat, which is totally inaccurate. And, and, it, and it makes the situation worse because of the fact of like now, I think like for a guy, it's easier to go out. If you want to go pick up a girl in a bar, it's easier to go out. If you go out and act camp, instantly a girl lets her guard down because she'll assume that you are gay mm-hmm. or not interested. Mm-hmm. But then once you then spend the, the evening together and because her guards are already down towards you anyway, you can talk. And at that point, she might end up talking to you. But again, essentially, you're having to... This is like a big a big game. Just it's to like be a able, constant lie, isn't it? Who yeah, can, just, who can just, lie the most? Who can lie the most to get to the point where it's like... Just, yeah, yeah a, waste of, a waste of people's time. But yeah, I think, like you said, touching with the apps, it's, for me, in my experience at the moment, like... From a from a guy's side of things, because there is so much, I was to say risk. It's not so much risk, but because there's so much sort of pressure on a girl in terms of like all the things that are put in your face from the media and stuff like I mean, that. Like societal pressure, like you you must look a certain way. You must. No, I mean in the sense of like what we were talking about, where things could go wrong. Like right. one of these five guys that I've matched with could be a rapist, or could be a weirdo, or could be a stalker. Like I get it. There's a lot of pressures in that, but because of that, they almost want you to invest like two. So like if I match with a girl now and start talking to her, she'll want me to invest two to three weeks of my life just being like a pen pal until she remotely entertain meeting up for a coffee. Whereas me being old fashioned, I can't be bothered with that. I'd rather just be like, yeah, you seem cool. We get on after talking for a couple of days. Let's go for a coffee and see where it goes. Yeah, I'm very much the same as you. I'd much rather meet somebody in the flesh and then if there's that if there's that chemistry and that connection, then that talking stage begins. Yeah. Right. 100%. But I totally agree with you in the sense of uh, I wouldn't want to spend X amount of days or weeks talking to somebody where it might not go anywhere because you could be wasting all your time putting your eggs into that basket. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, that's the only way to date now. Yeah. Because you've got no option. And quite that. rightly so, like women do want to feel like needed and wanted. And I think they do get that validation through you texting them all the time yeah. or having conversations with you all the time, just knowing that you're, that, that they're the one you're thinking about all yeah. the time. You know, and I think that's, that's, that's the way it's going, but I don't really like it. Luckily I don't ever, I don't have to go through it. No, but. living the best life. Whereas, whereas me on the other hand, and you'll hear through various podcasts of different segments that we are going to talk about. There's a new, the, there's a new segment coming today. Yeah, today. I'm really excited for it actually. <laughs> Some, turmoil and things that i've been through in my four years of dating let's tell them the segment and we'll come back to this yeah so the segment we've decided to call is binder obviously based off of one of the uh, dating apps but the reason why we call it binder is because these are all stories of people that i've binned off other high street apps are available <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we've got a new segment coming today called binder where ben will tell us uh stories of his can I say tragic love life? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tragic. Fair? It's fair. Not tragic love life, but, no. but tragic dating stories. I would yeah, say, I would, not just... tragic from my point, tragic from their point. Yeah, you, just... you've you've conducted yourself as in a respectable fashion, but you've accidentally gone out with some weirdos. <laughs> so you, naturally, you've had to binder. Yeah. And that's where binder comes from. But uh, skipping back to the main talking point of the podcast, like the, the pressure, I feel like the pressure on men to be a certain way is huge 
and I think it, I, I think what's not spoke about enough is uh, suicide rates in men. Mm. The last two years, especially, all we spoke about is like COVID, COVID this, COVID that. And I get, I get, I understand people's worry and concerns around COVID. No matter what your standpoint is on it, people are worried about it. You have to respect that. Which is that it added extra pressure because like if you've if you've already got that barrier for a guy that you've got to spend two three weeks already talking to a girl before she even wants to meet up. If you then throw in a pandemic where you've got a social distance on top of that, yeah, like if you're a guy that really wants to meet someone the past two years, even moving into now, you literally couldn't be any more alone. It's been a lonely couple of years for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll scream for the rooftops how fortunate I am. But um, yeah, there's, there's people who, who had a rough ride and still continue and will continue to have a rough ride. But I guess you just got to weather the storm. Yeah, I think like you've got two options the way you've got to look at it. You can either look at it as like, woe is me and mope on the fact that you are by yourself or just learn to be happy in, in yourself and in your own company. Like you've got that pivotal moment now where I think like a lot of people are, like they come out of a relationship and you, you always do, like me, like you miss the things that you had that were in the relationship. And it's great to have someone there when you come in from work and all those things. But there are also perks of not being in a relationship and people do forget about that. And I don't mean in the sense of like not ever having a relationship. I just mean in the sense of like, just too many people forget and don't understand the difference between needing somebody and wanting someone. And I think having that time by yourself helps you be able to understand that. Like if you go into looking for a relationship because you need somebody, I feel like there's too much added pressure and a negative sort of like toxicity and emotional thing that doesn't need to be there. Whereas like if you've let that all go and managed to like, go through the process to be able to deal with that then you're at a point in your life where you're happy by yourself you just want someone that's going to benefit and add benefit to being part of your life then it's great but i do think in this day and age it is a huge misconception around the importance of wanting and the importance of needing yeah even when it comes to material things oh yeah 100 people buy a lot of shit they don't need yeah but they think that they want. Yeah. But also, again, a lot of the times people will buy these things they think they want for validation of strangers. Yeah, and quite often it will lead back to like relationship sort of things. Just trying to be accepted by potentially the person you're trying to impress. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, your social circle. But I, I'm of the mind where if you need to buy things to impress people, to fit in, mm. fuck them people. Whether that is family, friends, girlfriends, colleagues... If you have to change your your perception or change how you look at things or buy certain things to look a certain way to fit in around them, fuck those guys. Yeah. I think like if if the person that you're with doesn't – if you can't be your true self around the person that you're with and the person that you're with brings out a version of yourself that you don't really want to be, then there's just no point in having that person in your life. I have, I've got no shame in saying, right, I've been through so many stages of my life. You'll know this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done all, I've done all sorts of things. Trying to find who I think I want to be. To be, yeah. I think everyone kind of does that as they're growing up because, like, everyone has different phases. Like, I went from skateboarding to being a chav yeah. to, like... But we went through them, these stages together. Yeah. Right? We, were, we were literally holding hands through all these stages. But, I mean, even in my, in my, like, latter years, I've still struggled to find my true identity. Mm. And it's only the last few years where... I've had a little shift and I've sat back and I thought, why am I trying to impress people? Either people like me for the person that I am mm. or they don't like me. And as soon as I got into my head that 
it's okay if people don't like you. Like my whole life changed and then I stopped looking for anything then because I, I, I was just me from that point on and people either liked it or they didn't. And that was a massive shift. And I, I do wish people could, um, could do the same for themselves because it's, it's like rejuvenating as soon as that, that little cloud gets lifted. Yeah, I think it's like what we touched on in a previous podcast. Like you realise those things as you get into your 30s and where we're saying like this is the best decade and even looking back over the average age of our listener they are around it's, it's 24 like, to 32 24 to 32 like yeah. it's where it's supposed to be aimed at because this is that age where you do realize like these sort of pivotal things and don't care about those things as much i think but i do think no actually i was gonna i was gonna say i think that's happening earlier i think maybe that shift of mentality is happening a bit earlier which maybe why our demographic is 24 to 32 I've, i think as well though it's it, there's a massive, like I'm a firm believer in the fact of like women mature quicker than men and men tend to be, I'd say at least five to six years behind women. And that's also prevalent in the factor with, with dating. Like you'll always look at a guy will tend to date a girl that's probably in the region of like four to six years younger than him. Their sort of mentality balances out. Yeah, balances out. Exactly. If you if you think of a woman who's sort of 26, 27, she's ready to settle down, marry, have kids. Exactly. A guy who's 26, 27 still is, laughs at his is own not, Yeah, exactly. He's still laughing at farts. A guy, a guy is not ready to like basically do those things until he's about 30, I would have said. We, like, men are just big children. Pretty much, yeah. Which is cool. Like, I'm, I'm glad I'm a man in this day and age because I, I find humour and enjoyment in things that other people might not. Mm. I kind of feel bad for girls in a way though because if you think about it, I was, I was thinking the other day like... We grow through our thirties and into our late our twenties into into like our thirties, mm-hmm. maturing and dropping the sort of kiddishness of our like attitude and our social life. But then, as soon as we settle down and have a child with a woman, as that child starts to grow, our kiddishness comes back out again. We become kids because again. yeah, it's, it's like we relive our childhood through our children. Yeah, and like, I have so many friends, and like I know this is like. Uh, controversial might be thing to say but in most relationships that i know the guy the the dad always tends to be like good cop yeah mum's always bad cop because like dad's always the one that's like ah oh, just like let him do that or let's go and have a kick about or i'm still going to take him to the theme park even though he's a bit of a pain in the ass i think a lot of that stems back from 90 percent of the time in in the relationships we have in the uk mum's at home with baby yeah so they they have to play every role, right? They're mum, dad, enforcer, carer, lover, confidant. Yeah. Whereas dad comes in from work and he's like, let's fucking play. <laughs> let's go. You know? So all of a sudden, <laughs> dad comes in from work and the kid's like, mum's been chewing my balls all fucking day. Dad's come in and he's thrown me in the air. He's given me an ice cream and we're off down a fucking park to kick dog shit. Right? <laughs> But that's the reality of it, yeah. Mums have a fucking hard job. And yeah. I, I say this to Hannah, I would never, never change with her. As much as I love Colby, as much as I love spending time with him, I could not do it. Well, obviously I could. Yeah. But... You just wouldn't choose to. I would I would choose to work a blue-collar job. Even, But you look at Hannah, her career choice, she's been looking after kids her whole life. Yeah. And now she's looking after her own kid, which is obviously different, but... Well, I think it's that you don't have the factor of where people always say, like, it's nice when you can hand them back, whereas now you yeah. can't. Yeah, and at least I get to leave the house. When when he's when Colby's being a dick, 
and he's cried all night and he's kept us both up. I get to go to work. For all Hannah knows, I can get to work and fall asleep, right? <laughs> I don't. I work very hard. But Hannah can't do that. No. She has to stay here. She's, she's telling to Colby and she's putting up with how he's been for a night again. Yeah. And then dad comes in or I come in and then I'm taking Colby away, being fun. And all of a sudden, like, like you say, it becomes good cop, bad cop because mum's been moaning all day because she's tired and cranky because baby's been crying all night. Dad comes in, happy go lucky, baby's happy. Why would the baby not gravitate towards dad? Because that's where the fun is. Exactly. So it's a tough gig being a parent, well, more specifically a mum. Yeah, I think like there's definitely what well, even what we said but from dating to being a parent. There's definitely splits in terms of who is what role, who's the good person, who's the bad person. Talking of good persons, this flows nicely into this episode's damn good deed, but we're going to mix it up and call it damn, damn good, good dad. dad. Now, one of our listeners sent in a uh, an instagram profile of a certain individual who is a hard-working uh, hard-working dad um he's absolutely crushing the shit out of life and his instagram is kevin underscore green underscore two four so damn good d damn good dad shout out to kevin green um doing a great job yeah based on based on the south coast and um yeah we just thought we'd chat him out because he's a guy that's a full-time dad and works from home and just yeah anyone that can do that by themselves is a hero and eyes good lad well done kevin keep at it now i'm excited for this wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. it's time for it's binder it's time for binder <laughs> oh yeah let's have a binder i'm so so excited stoked and so pumped. stoked for this binder so again let me recap this binder is going to be Ben's tragic dating fails. Not fails on his part, fails on uh, scenarios where he's gone out with somebody who turned out to be a total fucking fruitcake. I mean, along the way, there could be some fails by me. I mean, maybe the listeners pick up going, oh no. That was your fault. Yeah, that was your fault. I can guarantee something, yeah, something the, your fault. All the women going, oh well no, the reason why she felt comfortable to do that, no, there's no excuse. I'm not having it. Tomorrow, when Hannah, <laughs> Hannah's listening to this, she go, do you know Binder, yeah? Do you know that, that one you're talking about? That was Ben's fault. <laughs> that was 100% Ben's fault. Not what he should have done in that scenario was. Yeah. He, what he should have done was text me and find out my advice and, and do what I tell him. That's That's how... For, for context, if Ben has any dating qualms, rather than come to me as best mate, he'll go over my head and go, to go straight to Hannah. Because yeah. he, if, if Hannah get, says no, then yeah, it's Hannah's definitely a no. real, real good judge of character. What she's doing with me, I don't know, but she is a good judge of character, and Ben does value her opinion when it comes to females. Yeah, let's fucking do it. Let's do it. Have you got one ready to go? Yeah, I've got one on the top of my head. Full send to the end. Full let's send go. to the end. I'm just going to listen. Push the mic back. Yeah, push the mic back a bit. Right, so we will... I'm trying to think of how much information I can divulge without... Let's, um, let's keep names, addresses, star signs and passport no, numbers out of passport it. Passport numbers out of it. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'll send it straight away. You can, are you going to change names? No, I don't think I'll, I'll include names. It's just I think anyone that knows us closely won't be able to figure out who it is. Just it's... Well, I know. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay, Stories. This is great. A bit close to home. I'm excited. Let's do it. Right, set the scene. So this is a story of the first person that I decided to date straight after 
uh, not to say straight after, because that sounds like it was straight after, but once I decided I wanted to date and got on online dating after going through my divorce. So this person I actually went to college with, I'd known for quite a few years since I was younger, and um, they'd seen me on the dating app, and then rather than messaging me through the dating app, they decided to just find me on social media and just did that typical thing. We're like, oh, I saw you on here. Like, are you not married anymore and all that stupid conversation? So to speed that up, obviously, spoke for a while and decided that we were going to go out on a date. And um, yeah, so I thought, why not make an effort? It's been a while. So we pick a a nice restaurant that's in a... I'll shout out the restaurant. It's in Botley, Regina's. Shout out Regina's each and every time. Oh, yeah, mate. The food in there is incredible. Plus, if um, anyone that's from this area knows, there's a particular, I don't know if I want to call him, well, I just say music, what it is. Music producer. N- no, not music producer. Well, the music producer obviously family owns the um, yeah. restaurant, but uh, the I think he's the like, restaurant manager or front of house manager. Okay. Is a, a gay guy, and he's, he's uh, like really Italian, really flamboyant. But it's he kind of makes your experience when you go there. Floats through life with panache. Yeah, and like when he serves your table, he's just he's very funny and quick witted and just hilarious, and it just it, it makes your night. Especially if you go in a good group, it's, it's... like that guy from Centre Parks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were Centre Parks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But Italian again. Yeah, Italian again. Just but he's just, Turkish. So. But Turkish, yeah. Just uh, just just goes out of the way to make an effort. But yeah. So anyway, back to the story. So I've, we're taking a date to this place and anyone that knows this restaurant Regina's is a it's basically like a converted pub low ceilings and they try and fit as many tables as they can in the small spaces that they've got so you can end up being sat on a two-person table but I'm talking an arm wits away is a family of four really intimate so it's, it's a very intimate place so you picture we've we've walked in we've sat down we're having our first drinks and there's us and then we're sat next to I think on the left hand side of us we had like two couples on a table of four and the right hand side of us was a family of four two kids and a mum and a dad and it was like a I think it was like a Thursday night maybe not even late it was like half seven eight o'clock so we've sat down we've had a few cocktails we've talked conversations going really well we have our starter conversation continues to go well what did you have for a starter? I'm trying to think. I think it was like pate or something like that on toast. Like, you solid, know, typical, stable, choice. solid choice. Um, got round to a mains. Mains went really well. And then um, I can't even remember the... Co- I made. I must have made a comment or something. And like, typically if like a date's going well, it can sometimes get a bit flirty. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she obviously like got up and excused herself in between main and dessert and went to the toilet. And then when she came back from the toilet... She sat down and then slid her hand across the table towards me with her knickers <gasps> balled up. No, she fucking didn't. I, I don't know this story. <laughs> yeah. And then just left them there in front of me. <gasps> but like, because of the scenario, I've got two couples to the left hand side of me that I didn't bother looking, but I knew could clearly see what was going on. And then a family to the right-hand side of me. And you're just holding some pants? Well, I just panicked, grabbed them and tucked them inside my blazer inside pocket. Oh, wow. Um, I think it's, it could be a strong, sexy move. If, if you were, 
I don't know, like six months to a year down the line, and it was Valentine's Day. Strong, like a strong move. Could be a red flag on the first date. But yeah, first date. Especially if they're not clean. Yeah, just, I don't know. It was rogue. And then um, I can't even remember what she said. It was along the lines of like, um, I can't remember. It was was something along the lines of like, again, could have been taken quite sexy, but it was like, I thought I'd take them off for you. So you save you the trouble later or something like that. How about this for dessert? Do you like blancmange? Do you like flan? (laughs) That is insane. But did you see her again? No. Good move. No. So, so she unfortunately got binned. I mean, I I kept a straight face. The the knickers went. But this is this is the finished story. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So. Well, no, because I panicked and she put in my pocket. Had to play through the rest of the date. So I'm playing through the rest of the date. We've had dessert. We've even had a coffee and uh, drink afterwards. Wait, wait, wait. There's more context to come. Did what was she wearing? Bottom half? Were it trousers, skirt? No, no, she was in dress. Oh. So you like, like at the time of year, you're talking sort of, uh, I'd say, I think it was like April, May time. So hot enough to wear like a floaty summer dress. And then there was slug trails on the seat. <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> it probably was because there are leather seats in there. But yeah, so obviously I've panicked and put them in my pocket and then played out the rest of the date, carried on normal face. Paid the bill, we've left, got back and I'm driving her back home and then obviously got to the end and she's asked me if I wanted to come in for a coffee. I've, I've said no. And then, um, yeah, so just went home and it's one of those things where you just sort of, because you, cause, cause you panic and you just want to get, your mind's just like, I want to get through this and then as it starts to go well, you sort of forget about what's going on. So then I've got home, we've called it off, nothing's going to happen again. I don't then touch that blazer again. Oh, dear. <laughs> it wasn't a funeral. No, it wasn't a funeral. No, it was a wedding. Oh. <laughs> so I've gone, to, oh my God. I've gone to a friend's wedding, but obviously picture the fact that I've like, I've got fully dressed. That blazer is on a coat hanger. It's in the back of my car. I've gone all the way to the wedding venue. I've got settled in. I'm checked in. I'm ready. The wedding's going about to happen. And then I've gone to put the blazer on. I'm putting my hip flask in my pocket. And what do I pull out? A pair of knickers that's been in there probably about four or five months. Oh, wow. <laughs> so as I'm walking into the wedding venue, straight in the bin. That is insane. <laughs> I generally didn't realise I'd kept them. I didn't think things like that ever happened. Oh, it in was reality. rogue. Straight rogue. That actually brings me to a, uh, a new show that I've been watching. And I'm going to call this segment The Shit Show. The Shit Show. Right? And it's called Open House on Channel 4. Right. I've not seen this. Not heard about it? No. It is where average average Joe couples, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit inquisitive, go to this retreat yeah. and test out whether they want to. They, they dip their toe in the water of open relationships. Oh, is this the... Um, it's made... Isn't it made by the same people that did Love is Blind or something? Or something to do with those people? Um, I, I don't know for sure. Because don't all the couples go in and then they have the option to steal someone else's missus or something? In a way, yeah. And you could end up leaving the show no. with someone else. No. No. No, no, no. Okay. So this is there's no they win, she wins, he wins. Oh, okay. It's a couple goes in yeah. with an open mind and they're 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 testing whether they could have an open relationship. Okay. So they're a, a solid sound couple, 
um, and there's there's other people there, singles, couples, um, and they all have like um, drinks and a mixer and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. They all get to know each other, and they they get to pick someone. The couple gets to pick someone for the what, the one that I've seen. They wanted a threesome to see oh. that they can have an open relationship. Two, two girls bar. and a guy, right? So they pick someone and they just go back to the room, and there's cameras in the room. Oh, and the guy, bless him couldn't get hard on because he was nervous amazing so he just laid there like he genuinely just turned over faced the other way while the other two girls were going at it amazing and he just and he he copped it so full morning. full ross from friends moment yeah yeah he and then he got shitty of his girlfriend in the morning because she was being selfish and didn't care about his needs and then the next night they got they had a chance to um to do it again and they picked somebody else and i'm not joking you see him hammering both girls like on tv it's insane. What the hell? I, so I'm basically porn, but not. But do you remember us growing up, right? The closest thing we got to porn on TV was Eurotrash. Yeah. Remember Eurotrash? Where Channel you 5, might yeah. see a boob or some something. Tit. Yeah, yeah, if you're lucky. Yeah, it, it'd be like, look at these people doing a naked marathon in Belgium, right? And then mm. there's just a lot of naked people running down the road. You might see a tit yeah. run past the screen. These days, right, TV is just, is just porn. Yeah. If you look at all these fucking programs on Netflix like um, one called Sex Life the okay. guy has got like a nine inch cock right? he's in the shower and it's, I think it looks really real like I have a penis and I've seen penises before and it looks really real yeah this is gonna add this comes back to the main talking point this adds pressure we've, we spoke about it before about porn right yeah. how porn's really unrealistic to real relationships and when you see massive dongs <laughs> on the screen people are going to go fuck I'm, I'm different I'm different to that do you know what I mean but yeah. in, in reality that person's um, grew up next to a nuclear power plant or something because that yeah. thing ain't fucking real. ain't fucking real go to a doctor guy and get that looked at because <laughs> yeah. you've got four people's penises attached to your body <laughs> four people's <laughs> but I've gone on a tangent but uh, shit show of the week is going to be uh Open house. Recommend it though. It's, it's quite a good watch. It's interesting. Mm. It's just one of the easy watches. Speak, speaking about like when you say like, nudity though, like um, I don't know if you've seen it, but on um, Disney Plus, they've done a uh, Is Pamela, it about Pamela and, Pamela and, and Tommy. Tommy. Jones? Yeah. I've heard about this. So the series on is. On Disney called, as well. Yeah. Ser- well, the thing is, Disney's bought out Fox and also another channel. Babe Station, by the sounds of it. Well, no, obviously they, they own HBO and they own, I think it's called Star, which was like another yeah, um, yeah. online platform in America. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Tommy Lee and that, it's more like the adult. Right, okay. It's not just Disney stuff on there. But um, yeah, so on that show, um, I'm trying to think of the actress's name. Oh, I can't think anyway. But she has to wear obviously a prosthetic forehead. But then not only that, for the beginning of the series, quite a lot of the time, she is nude, but she's wearing prosthetic torso. Yeah, someone's, yeah. So it's it's, it's like I've a moulding of Pamela Anderson's boobs Yeah, to make it accurate. I've heard about this. It's crazy. But it's mad. I'm just like, so ra- rather than her get her own boobs out, which I get, she's basically just wearing boobs over her boobs. Yeah, but... They're not her boobs, so she's still got her credibility and dignity. I guess so, but if you see the program... Did it look real? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Like, you could not remotely tell at all. Where would one acquire such items? No idea. Oh, they were saying, apparently, she, like for the whole of the filming of the program, they went through, like, 500 prosthetic foreheads and 50 sets of these prosthetic breasts. 
Surely you need one of each. No, you can't because like they're ruined afterwards. Really? Yeah. Because you've got to like stick them to the skin and like yeah. mud all the edges. Just as soon as the heat, the edges will just fray and stuff like that. Because they're, they're so lifelike. One time you need use. to watch the series because it's just ridiculous. One time use like a bit like Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Boom. You can't, I can't actually watch in the series though. You do kind of feel bad for him to be honest. I don't know their story whatsoever. It's basically they. Um, Tommy is a dick. He's having a. They they meet, get married, buy a house. He's having a massive extension done on it and then throws his, keeps constantly changing his mind but not paying the builders. So then he ends up sacking the builders and he's like, I'm not paying because you've not done what I envisioned for the bedroom. And um, so because he does that and it pisses off the builders, the builders break in and steal his safe, which has got money and other bits and bobs in it because mm-hmm. obviously they want to try and reap back their costs. But they also find a small tape, which is a home video. Oh, is that how the tape got out? Yeah. So it's just I've seen the tape. Yeah, yeah. So it's just basically that's all it was. They just he didn't pay a builder, builder stole a safe, and then that's how the tape got leaked. But they like it's so funny watching them because they're just not remotely criminal masterminds. Mm. And like it's even the fact of like do you remember with VHS tapes, like if if you had a tape that you'd recorded, if you wanted no one to record it. There was like a little plastic tab that you'd snap yes. off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So they're sending out tapes to everybody without the plastic tab snapped off. Great. So anyone can just make copies and then sell that onwards. So you could literally invest and be like, oh, I've bought the Power Hands and Porno for $50. And as soon as you get it, you can just rip it, <laughs> rip it and sell it for $20 to as many people as you want. Do you remember though, like the time of recording your songs off the radio on a tape cassette? Oh yeah. Having to like... Press play and record. But if you had a copyrighted tape, it wouldn't record. So you had to stuff like tissue in in the top. There's like a little void. Yeah, yeah, top of it. Stuff tissue in there, then put it in, press play and record at the same time. But just in time for the man to stop talking on the radio and the song to kick in. Yeah. Just so it's straight song. I used to run home from school because I knew Nickelback, How You Remind Me, would be played at like quarter past three every day. So I used to run like fuck home from school in hopes I could get there in time and get set up ready to record that song and you could do it with VHS I'll tell you for why my dad recorded over a home video with a, a, um, a film called Striptease amazing so there's me and my sister playing happily playing with xylophones and fucking whatever boom there's a woman stripping on a pole because dad, dad wants to film it <laughs> amazing my mum was not happy I remember putting um, videos into the VHS and recording your favourite songs off the music channels so used to flick between mm-hmm. so this is back in the time of when like, um, like Channel R- U no and R. Kelly had uh, was it Ho- was it Hotel no what was girl you wanna come to my hotel yeah Cassidy. that Cassidy and um, what did he oh no Ignition R. Kelly had Ignition, okay, yeah, yeah. so that sort of era, flicking between the music channels, like recording all the songs that I liked at the time, and I had just like hour-long video of just all the best songs that I loved at the time. Original playlist? Yeah, original OG Spotify playlist. Disclaimer, we do not condone the actions of R. Kelly or any of his associates. <laughs> there we go. Right, let's wrap this up. Again, thank you all for tuning in. What's this, episode three? Yeah, episode, episode three. three. Great, well done. Thanks very much, guys. Any shout-outs you want to give? Any any uh, last requests? Any advice? Oh, I want to sound it out on today. Let me run with it. It's an old, ancient Chinese proverb. And basically, what it means is, don't leave any stone unturned. Make sure all your shit is tied up 
before you start the next thing. And this old ancient Chinese proverb is, he who goes to bed with itchy bum, wake up with stinky finger. That's another episode of Damn Damn Good Good Friends Friends. wrapped up. I've been Rick. I've been Ben. And to all those before who didn't want it to end, to whiskey, to life, to damn damn good friends. friends.